joke, the guy that was chasing the dream. I'm your host of Monacomist. Kyle Smith said the whole thing like a pimp named Slickback. And today, man, I got the multi-talented, the multifaceted, the man with the great mustache and smile. <laughs> Fucking Javier. Is your last name Torres? Yeah, it is. Ah, yeah. Javier Torres. Javier Torres. How you been, dude? I've been uh, pretty swell, to be honest. Yeah. I've been, life has been good, you know? Hell yeah. That's awesome, man. We, we, you were just explaining uh, how you moved down here. How, how long ago? I moved here five years ago from Rochester, New York, and uh, my journey here actually was a little bit tough. My first attempt to drive down to New Orleans, yeah. I, I was stopped in Columbus, Ohio, and I, I accidentally left my wallet in a friend's car. His car got broken oh, oh, into, oh, 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 and so oh. I had to, I lost all my money, oh, and no. so I had to drive back to Rochester, pick up a couple more janitor shifts for like a couple weeks, and then try again oh, to move to New Orleans. Shit. Yeah. Wait, so like you had all your things in, in the car on the move, or was this like just to scope things out? And- uh, on the move, all my, sh- all my shit was in my car. <laughs> I already noticed that my front headlight was out as I was driving to Columbus. And then uh, I stayed with a friend out there and we went to White Castle and I was in his car. Yeah. And I I left my wallet in his car and I just had a bad feeling that night. I was like, something's wrong. And then the next morning I woke up to check on my car because all my life was in my car. Yeah. And then I see his windshield is shattered. And then I look at my bank account. All of my money is gone. I was like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I just sold my Xbox for very little money, but I figured I could use as much money as possible. Yeah. It's like, man, I sold that Xbox for nothing. Oh, (laughs) so as soon as they got your wallet, they They started spending my money immediately. Oh, Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that is that that is a shitty turn of events right yeah. there. And then the next day as I'm driving back to Rochester was my twenty second birthday. Oh so uh yeah, so it was definitely a challenging beginning to my time in New Orleans. Yeah, that's preparing <laughs> your bid for that NOLA life yeah. right there. Cause yeah, that's a that's a day-to-day basis for yeah, a nigga from, from a motherfucker from New Orleans. <laughs> oh that's a And then my first month in New Orleans, I was on a Tinder date. And I mean, I tell this joke on stage, but uh-huh. like this for real happened. I was a month into living in New Orleans. We got robbed at gunpoint. Oh, so I got robbed twice within 30 days. So I figured it can't get worse than this. And oh, it hasn't. It's, it's really it's gotten better ever since. Then. And like, well, we didn't chase you the way in. All right. Come on. You can stay. <laughs> you didn't get scared. You're good. That's wild, dude. Oh, yeah, my man. God. Yeah, I've uh, 34 years of my life is so crazy. Well, yeah, 34 years of my life because I, I left at 34, and I I couldn't say that that was one of the things that has ever happened to me is being robbed down here. And but I, also I'm from here, so mm-hmm. I don't I don't look like I don't know what's going on. Right, I'm yeah. sure I was walking around <laughs> looking pretty robbable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been having to tell my lady because she likes white cats. She likes crystals. Mm-hmm. And the only crystals that they have down here is on bourbon. Mm-hmm. So for me to get to that crystals, I got to park the car. Most of the time, she don't like to walk there. Sometimes she'll come with me. Sometimes she'll sit in the car. I'm more nervous when she's just sitting in the car and, and if she's with me. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, you not from here okay <laughs> you gonna sit in this car lock the doors keep your head on a swivel yeah right? yeah make eye contact with everybody yeah let them know that you know that you see them you see exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly she's like wait huh huh what i was like yeah 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 
just, you know, you see that person? Did you see him? It's like, well, what's happening? That person is shaking <laughs> right next to the car. They're a little close. I'm not saying nothing about to happen. Just be aware. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> dumb shit happens around here, and I don't need nothing to happen yeah. to you. Oh, boy. I'm here, not... I got this if you oh, if you need yeah. a little tray situation. Yes, uh, and, 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 yeah, so being down here, it's just, woof. If you can get past, if you can get past the bullshit, it's fun. Yeah. But I, I eventually, I was like, I got to go. I got I got to go somewhere else. I just need to just need to live just to see if things are different from from here, which they are, but they aren't. Like mm-hmm. uh going other places, you you notice that New Orleans is like, oh, that that southern hospitality is really mm-hmm. a thing. I never Absolutely. I never I, I, like going like being up north and out to the east and the west and shit. I'm like why wouldn't everybody be like that? It's just so <laughs> it's so weird to see that people aren't like what you've grown up around. Yeah, and I I, I couldn't in my head until I got uh, got away from here. Mm-hmm. I couldn't fathom anybody being anything else. It, and it's, right, it's, so it's such a it's such a shock. You moved out to L.A. right? Yeah, well, I moved out to L.A. and it that only lasted for a year. Mm-hmm. So now I'm in Texas, but. Yeah, that 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 was the move at the time. Yeah, and that's what I thought I had to do as a comedian. Oh, we gotta go to fucking L.A. or New York. Right. And I was like, New York's not enough space. I need space. I'm, you know, I'm I'm a city boy, but I I like the country shit. Mm-hmm. And you know, I want beauty. And I get out to fucking California. And I'm like, this is pretty. Yeah, but I didn't care for the people. I'm a people person. Yeah, yeah. I'm a people person. Sometimes I like to be to myself, but when I do like to see people, I don't like people to be all fucking uptight and in the asshole. Mm-hmm. And all that, you know, but when I went to New York, oh, that New York felt like I should have been there. <laughs> like, as soon as I got there, it's like, oh, something's calling me just to be here. Be here. This is where I should have came in the, in, the, in the beginning. Like, when I take... I always... I do this all the time, and I've noticed this since I've gotten older now. Uh, before I was going to go to L.A., like, my people were always telling me, you should come to Texas, you should come to Texas. And I was like, nah, I'm going to L.A. That's the thing. I'm supposed to go to L.A. and see the L.A. or New York. I don't want to do New York because New York's too cold, so fuck that. I'm going to L.A. <laughs> I got to surf. And, you know, I wound up going to L.A., not liking L.A., then winding up in Texas. Like, you just fast tracked what what's going on in California, anyways. Like they're all leaving and going to Texas, exactly. anyways. <laughs> and I got out right before the bullshit happened, and then I came to Texas. And then as I was out in Texas, I'm like, well, okay. Uh, so being being there was was fine, but coming down to Texas, I'm like, oh, everybody's coming down here anyway. And then when I went to New York, I was like, oh. I should have came here first. Yeah, this should have been the plan. I'd probably still be in New York if I'd have went to, and lived in New York. I, that, that. I, I like New York City a lot. I remember, like, you know, because I have family who, who, who lives there. Like, my dad used to, my dad grew up in New York City until he was, like, you know, maybe, like, 10 years old. Then they all went to Rochester. Yeah. But, like, every time I'm in New York, it's it's very much this feeling of, like, Everything is so much bigger than you, and nobody in your general area really gives a fuck about you, but, yeah. like, in the best possible way. Yeah. That's how I felt when I was out there. Yeah. Like, people were uh, passionately aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like, they were like, they'd tell you to do something, but they tell you to do something because it's trying to better you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I looked at that, I'm like, oh, that's 
because it's cold. I get it. Like, motherfucker, don't do that or you're going to fall. You know, yeah, right. that's, they will say that, but like, don't be stupid. Why would you do that? That's going to hurt you. Yeah. And, and it's like, ah. Oh. Okay, y'all are, you know, I mean, it was it was a bit aggressive how you said it, but yeah. ooh, I understand that you're trying to, you, you mean the best for me. Right. And I was like, this is Well, also, I it's like. like, I'm not trying to see that, because I've already seen too much of that. Oh, <laughs> hey, oh, Petunia. Hey, Nora. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, we're, we're recording. Oh, hey, Petunia. Like the little butterball. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, this is man? Petunia. She's very sweet. Hey, you remember Pete and Pete? You know, on Pete's arms, he had, he had a petunia. He was like, dance petunia. And that, <laughs> <laughs> the waddle is what gets me. Oh, I love it. Yeah. How old are you, Javi? I am uh, 28 years old. Oh, so do you remember Pete and Pete? I don't. Oh. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not I, sure. Uh, 37. Okay, so I got nine years on you. Okay. So that's what it, yeah. Uh, Pete and Pete. Uh, ba- you remember um, the Sandlot? Oh yeah, okay. Sandlot. Yeah, you remember the ginger that was the catcher? Yes. The, yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah. That's he's one of the Pete's. Oh, he's okay. One of the Pete's from Pete and Pete, uh, and he's the one that had the tattoo on his arm. Dance, but, but yeah, deep reference. You can go ahead and Google it. Later. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how, you are into uh, videography. Is that what it is? No. So, so more filmmaking. Like I think it's it's there's different ways to I can take uh-huh. that. Uh, you know. I like to do video. What I learned kind of quickly in, in in college and stuff. Like I've done like video work for people, and like yeah. obviously you know I, I do video as like my job. Um, but I prefer like filmmaking, you know, and yeah. like and like really kind of more approaching things from a narrative level because it's like videography. You know, you're very much dependent on what the client wants, and uh. you know kind of more like showing them in a good light, turning things around fast. And like, I have the skills and the ability to do that stuff, but, uh, you know, it's not, it's not always my favorite thing to do. So what, what got you into that? Like, why is, why is that? I wouldn't say it's your thing, but like, have you always wanted to do that since a child? Yes. So when I was 13 years old, uh, my dad, I, like I had been begging my dad for a while, and then he finally gave me uh, his old like Sony Handycam. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, it shot on DV tapes, and it was so old, like you yeah. had to plug it into the, the wall, like the batteries tapes that you had to put. Yeah, in. exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, like at, at first, what I thought I wanted to do was make stop motion like claymation videos. <gasps> And then I realized that was so much harder. So than, much work. <laughs> that was so much harder than yeah. just having people in front of the camera. So yeah. then I got my sister and my friends involved, and like we'd make these like little videos. And like between like 2006 and 2007, I like shot a bunch of little things that ended up becoming a compilation called the Tape of Goodness. Yeah. Uh, which still exists. Uh, ah. I got to find a way to digitize it. Um, but, you know, I just kind of always loved being behind the camera. And, yeah. uh, you know, I loved watching movies and stuff like that. And so I was like, those so things those things match. F- all right. Being behind the camera, how do you feel when you're in front of the camera? I feel weird in front of the camera. You feel weird? <laughs> I feel weird in front of the camera. <laughs> that's, that's how I always see it. It's like, you know, certain people, like everybody has their own little niche. And everybody has only like, like DJs. 
Usually DJs like, no, 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 I'm good right here, man. Yeah. I don't want to do anything else. I just, yeah. I just prefer to do this. And you know, it's like, man, I feel weird being on the stage hosting and stuff like that. It's like, well, I, all right, That's, yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing is too. I mean, because I've always been the behind the camera person, nobody yeah. ever asked me to be in front of the camera. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> the thing I've been like trying. I mean, the good thing about like you know shooting on iPhones and like you know how accessible it is now it's like okay i can film myself but it's like weird to film myself you know what i mean like i don't know what to do like i like the idea idea of being able to like take direction and stuff yeah um but yeah i just it's kind of it was kind of always a thing where i was more behind the camera just because i was the one who knew how the camera worked that so when it comes to camera work what what do you think is good do you think i mean because you're like so you I guess your your knowledge of, of cameras and is in in all is pretty steep. It's pretty steep assume. in terms of like the kind of the visual concepts behind like the choices you make. I'm not much of like a gear person. Like uh, okay. there are people who are into videography and filmmaking who like their whole thing is like, oh, like you hear about this new whatever whatever yeah. like this new 80k camera. Yeah. Like I think I've kind of always been of the school of thought that like. The story that you're telling is the important thing, and whatever camera you use is whatever camera you have. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've always, like in the beginning, I've always, I, I always thought of I gotta have the better camera for this, but I don't do videography or anything like that. But I, and when I first started doing like anything, entertainment wise, or mm -hmm. just uh, quality wise, with me being using my creativity i always thought that i needed a certain type of look or it needed to be this or it needed to be that and then you realize the the more minimal it can be the better it mm -hmm. is and the easier it is for you but i've i've never like I've, it was always it was always something for me to think about because it's like what what are we gonna do what am i gonna do like when it pertains to either recording something mm -hmm. or using audio so i used to be into the tech realm of like oh what's the next thing but then things got kind of wishy-washy and then yeah. new things came out and it's like i don't know what that means now. right so <laughs> it's like yeah well, i want to so keep hard doing too, this shit is like is, shit is so expensive yeah. and it's like Honestly, the best camera I've ever owned is my iPhone. Yes. Like, it's the best. It's far and away the best digital camera I've ever owned. Um, but something else that I learned that also kind of is fed into that kind of just school of thought in terms of technology. Yeah. Something that I learned more, like, in college and, like, studying film and stuff is that sound is such an important aspect of film. And the way it works, right, is that if, if you have, like, impeccable, gorgeous 4K, 6K, whatever video, yeah. but your sound is terrible, your, your video, no matter how gorgeous, looks amateur. But uh, if you have, like, really good sound, sound that is, like, and when you say good sound, you know, sound that is consistent, clear, yeah. and, like, without, you know, mistakes, then whatever visual you have, even if you have a shitty camera, now that shitty camera is an artistic choice. Ah, yeah. I was just thinking that because yeah. like, that's why Polaroids and uh, mm -hmm. all the other classic style cameras are yeah. starting to come back now exactly. because people are preferring to take pictures like that. Right. And that's what my that's what my wife wants to do with uh, for the for our uh, for our little wedding and everything. Mm -hmm. She's got uh, she has 
disposable cameras. Mm-hmm. She just, she's just gonna have a, 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 a couple of them, you know, just mm-hmm. go around, and then people just take random pictures or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, that's a good idea. Well, it's so much more fun uh, shooting with with film and disposable cameras and stuff because yeah. it's like you can't see the exact yeah. photo, so it it really like it works more like a memory where it's like by the time you see the photos, that photo is more like akin to like what you remember as opposed to 50,000 versions yeah. of one picture so you could get it right like you know the time capsule exactly exactly yeah. I've, I've actually oh you know what's fun because <laughs> this is this is uh we've run across like especially when you clean out a house and stuff running across old cameras mm-hmm. with the film in them and it's like oh, oh yeah what's oh, in here we didn't develop this yet. yeah oh. i have three rolls of film that i've shot over the past three years that yeah. i haven't developed and i'm like so excited to see what's in oh, there oh that's <laughs> exciting and i and it may it reminds me of the old days Back when before digital, mm-hmm. before before you know you can just easily get pictures like right then and there, where mm-hmm. you would actually have to go to uh, Walgreens or CVS or something like that mm-hmm. just to get your shit developed. Yeah. And every time I think about that, I think about uh, that Robin Williams movie, uh, Photo Booth. I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's an eerie movie because I've ne- I'm a, I'm a big Robin Williams fan. Yeah. So. To see him in that type of movie, like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom what was happening. I was very confused because I'm like, "When you about to be funny?" Yeah, like in my head, <laughs> when's it, the humor coming? Yeah, in? <laughs> and I, I like growing, getting older. There's just certain things that I couldn't get past that I would be like, well, "Why is he doing this?" Like when Jim Carrey went to do more serious roles, I'm mm-hmm. like, "Wait." You're not supposed to be doing this, Jim. Like, <laughs> I need you to talk with your asshole right now. Like, I don't, I don't understand what you're doing. Why are you being serious? Like, I don't. It didn't get it, but I, I see it now that people want to expand their roles. But, mm-hmm. and I just, for some reason, I couldn't get past them not wanting or me not wanting to accept that. Oh, he can do more than just, just this. And so, like, well, I think comedy and drama go hand in hand Mm -hmm. you know i feel like some of the best like dramatic like tv shows for example like you look at the sopranos and how it's kind of making a resurgence just in terms of like the the cultural aspect it's like the sopranos is an incredibly dark and disturbing show but it's also hilarious like it's so funny (laughs) and it's like mad men another show it's like funny and like Mm -hmm. i i feel like the best dramas well, I'm not going to say this like I just thought of this. My friend Chris, <laughs> my friend Chris literally said this, you know, and I think it's very true. The best dramas are comedies. Dramedies? No, not even like not literally even like dramatic things that have funny moments like yeah. work the best as like a, like the comedy cuz you can't you can't cry with someone if you can't laugh with them, uh, you know? Yeah. So so I think comedy plays a huge role in like bringing full depth. I just watched um Everything, everywhere, all at once. Ah, everybody's telling me about this. I Yo, have to get to. I have to get to a movie so I can see this motherfucker. I have never seen a movie that has like made me laugh as hard as it's made me cry, as hard as it's entertained me. Like it is. Yeah. It is like, I I watched it and like loved it, and I think everybody loves it because it's like doing the thing that only movies can do, which is like give you 
so many different like emotions like you can be thrilled by the action scenes and the fight yeah. choreography you can be really you know endeared by like the 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 emotional aspects of the movie and there are just some really funny like hilarious things throughout oh, that's what i've been hearing yeah it's totally recommend such a great movie and it totally brings that point right like by the end of the movie you're you're sobbing crying but like even in the moment really? where you're crying there's funny stuff <laughs> oh, happening shit. yeah it's oh, good. I liked it a lot. That's exciting. Like, yeah. I, um, especially movies like that, because they, I, I like dark humor, mm -hmm. uh, uh, or um, uh, the last movie I watched that's like kind of like a dark humor movie. It was a Johnny Depp movie. It's it's not the last one I watched, mm -hmm. but it's one of the ones that I'm like, this is the shit that makes me laugh. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it's called The Professor. I haven't seen that one. It's uh it's it's one that kind of got swept under the rug or something. I didn't I found it on a station that I don't even like like a Tubi hmm. or something like that. It was just, you know, one of the fucking movies that mm -hmm. was that was already loaded up and it was like, "Ah, what is this? Fucking Johnny Depp." Is it like what a recent doing? movie? No. Oh. Yeah, I know. Young Johnny it, Depp. Uh, 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 yes. Kind of like maybe mid Pirates of the Caribbean okay. or something like that. Maybe maybe before. Okay. I'm not sure. Definitely like post Gilbert Grape. Though. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So watching the movie, it's just like this seems like his role, and it seems like it, he always plays something of that manner to where mm -hmm. it's just like you know Edward Scissorhands. Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is dark, dude. <laughs> it's like yeah. God damn. <laughs> so you know the fucking movie basically uh, he. He finds out he has cancer. He's about to die. But also, his wife is fucking over him, and she's about to get a divorce. And uh, it just a whole bunch of shit. Uh, but he teaches mm -hmm. at this prestige college or something like that. And since he knows he's about to die, he, he takes his, his, his teachings into another level. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, it's not just going to be in front of this class no more. It's like, fuck that, I'm about to die. Anybody got weed? <laughs> y'all got weed alright come on we about to go outside you coming if you're not coming I don't give a fuck you, I, this is what we about to go do we about to go learn outside today yeah. and he, just his whole demeanor changes and it, it like the the the, the as it as it goes on, as the as the movie goes on, it just gets worse and worse. <laughs> it worse in a silly way, and he just fucking goes with it. And it's like, yeah, why not? I'm gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, oh man. But you also on top of that, you feel too, and so it's like, ah, I love movies like this. this yeah, is, yeah, and I just to for something like that to to find a role like to say you filmmake like what. What would you prefer to record? What is your what is your preferred taste of of filming? What do you like to film? In terms of like the the content or like what I'm using to film? Oh no 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 yeah content content I, I do want to know that too. What yeah, do you yeah. use to film as well? Uh, what I'm using to film really to me doesn't doesn't matter as long as I have like you know what I'm things I'm familiar with. I mean the thing with with filmmaking is like it's so hard to do by yourself. So it's like beyond the equipment, it's like can I have like a decent you know like a good camera operator that I trust, like you know a sound guy that I trust because like you know I've like. I've done sound for you know I'm very familiar with how sound goes and yeah. I'm also familiar with like how easy sound is to fuck up so it's like Whew. 
can I, can I, it's just like, I, you preach it to the choir over here. They, everything I'm telling, everything you saying right now, it's like, nigga, see, he's saying that you can't do this by yourself. Now stop it. It's like, damn it. I, I shot a, I shot a short film after I graduated college, but before I moved to New Orleans and like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't their fault. The, the person I got to do my sound, like, wasn't a sound guy. He just knew how to use the sound gear. And so when I'm like going over, cause like I edited my own film and I'm going over the footage and I'm looking at the sound. I'm like, what is this noise? What is, what is this buzzing noise? And like, I was able to fix it. It was actually like fixable. Like most, I mean with modern like editing stuff, yeah. like most, you can take out as long as it's not like, buzz, huh? as, as long as it's not clipping, like most things are fixable or yeah. at least hideable. Uh, which is why like, for for a lot of the the films I've been a sound person on, I've also been like the editor slash sound designer, yeah. which is perfect because nobody ever has to know how much I fucked up when I was recording. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, take that out, you know, add some of these sounds to cover that up. Um, yeah. But in terms of just to get back to your question, in terms of like things I would like to film, I mean. The stories I'm very much interested in capturing, which I haven't, you know, reached that point just because, you know, I would want to do a budget. I'd want it to be a period piece. Like, I, I really want to, like, my whole experience with storytelling really is just being a kid at the table listening to my uncles tell each other stories oh, about how they grew up definitely. and stuff. Yeah. And, like, my dad telling stories. And, like, I always loved their stories. I never really had any stories to add. Um, but... My dad is always like, you know, lately, you know, ever since I got into film, he's like, yo, you should, you should try and, you know, you should, you should make these stories into a movie one day. I'm yeah. like, no, you don't understand. Like, that's exactly what <laughs> that's I want to like do. <laughs> that's exactly what I want to do. That is my dream is to like, just tell, tell your guys stories and kind of like continue, you know, cause like, I mean, as I live, I'm, I have stories of my own and. You know, I have the ways I express, you know, I make music, I do comedy and stuff, yeah, but so it's like the stories from my family. It's like, I, I don't know. I just feel like I hear so much crazy shit about how my dad grew up and I'm like, this you, needs to, would, so you know, you, would you be more, you, you seem like you'd be more of a dialogue person. Like you. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. I like to write dialogue. I feel like I haven't written a screenplay in a really long time, but <sighs> you know, I used to, I used to, when I was a teenager and like, I didn't really like know what I was doing. Like I, you know, I would make videos and stuff with my high school friends, but those yeah. were more like goofy comedy. Like I didn't know how to like tell stories in my own film. So yeah. like usually it ended up with everybody dying at the end. Like it was just, <laughs> it was kind of those things where every video was just some sort of weird escalation until people are dying. Goddamn Kenny's dead. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's like, you know, that's not how you tell a story, but I remember I used to have dreams and I would like wake up and like write the dream down and be like, that's, that's you a movie right there. Oh man. But only sometimes. And oh, even, okay. and even then, like, you know, I would like, I would have a dream and be like, that would make a great movie. And then by, you know, by the time I get to the point where I'm like, oh, go write that down. It's like, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. I but I, all the time. I like dream in movies sometimes. Like I dream cuts. I dream angles. You know what I mean? That, oh, that's amazing. Because yeah. you have that knowledge in your head. Yeah. So you see the different. <sighs> see, I have all this in my head to where it's like, yeah. This will be good and that'll be good, but like I don't have the knowledge, mm -hmm. so it's just like it's just a thought. It's just a thought, and I don't even know if it's gonna work. But you actually have the 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 actual knowledge. Like this is how this is supposed to work. Cause like I bought a gimbal, mm -hmm. right? Thinking that 
yeah, I got this. Now I'm be able to stable things things when I'm fucking <laughs> recording. I'm like, motherfucker, how you gonna shoot yourself with a gimbal? I'm like, oh, yeah, man, it's tough. Fuck yeah, you're right. So now I got this big ass contraption mm-hmm. that I've learned how to put my DSLR on, but. At, then that what now? Yeah. Who, who, you gonna film somebody else? <laughs> right. I don't know anything about filming other people. Right. So it's like, ah, ah, yeah. Yeah. I, I would say like in terms of just like gear, I think I mean you've got the sound situation all hooked up. Yeah. I think just like a little tripod is like the not you know, if you're working with a DSLR, you know, a tripod that you trust so that way you don't break your camera but like you know if you're filming on like <laughs> yeah. a, if you're breaking or, or if you're filming on an iphone or whatever like literally you could spend like 60 bucks on like kind of like a phone tripod that kind yeah. of gets up tall and like there are apps um on phones it's not just iphone like it's you know a lot of modern phones uh, the google pixel um the google pixel yeah. so like so obviously like you have the camera app but like those camera apps they have a very specific way that they want to film things and they you know but there are apps. There's one that I use specifically called Filmic Pro, and it actually turns your phone camera into a real digital camera that allows you to adjust the aperture and the focus and, oh. and like your lenses and stuff. Like it's really cool, and your um, and your aspect ratio, so you can make it look like like a movie theater, like with the with the black bar- bars on the top and bottom. Yeah. You know, so that doesn't confuse you. Like, no. oh my god! Well, it used like to. We, I, it took okay. me it, like even after coming out of college, I didn't know yeah. no shit. Like I've mainly learned the things I know from like experimenting with and like messing with things and like Cause trying stuff. That right there, because my my uh, my cousins they're into <clears throat> they have Nikon's. They have mm-hmm. one one has a Sony and the other one's a Nikon. Or mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they shoot and. I was talking to them one day. I'm like, cause they shoot really good pictures. And, mm-hmm. shit. and I'm like, yeah, man. So what do, what do you do with this? And what do you do with that? And I like to pick people's brains from time to time mm-hmm. to see, you know, the difficulty of, oh, maybe I might be able to do this by myself. And then when they break it down and they break it down into like little minuscule bullet points, I'm like, oh, shit. That's a lot. That's a lot. I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's stuff that I probably don't want to do. I'll probably just find somebody else to do it. Cause yeah, yeah, that's that. It's too much for me in my head. Like I already got <laughs> too much going on, and I don't want to add more to that. Well, that's what's that's what's so frustrating about like being in like this content creator culture where you kind of have to know a little bit of everything. Like obviously, yeah, yes. it's important, but it's like you know, I don't want to have to like there are certain things that I want to like be able to focus my brain power on when we're filming. I don't want to have to have, you know, and so like it sucks because then that requires teamwork. And when it requires teamwork, I gotta rely on this other person. too. And, and also it's like, if they're good, they're probably going to want some money or like at least to be fed. And it's (laughs) like, Oh oh, man. (laughs) So so it's like, so, so like, it's important to know the more stuff, you know, the less people you have to feed when you're, when you're making something, but it's a like a way to put that at, at the same time, you know, you're spreading yourself thin, you know, yeah. man, I, so what, what is, how do you go about it then? How do you go about getting things that you need to get together? How do you go about getting a team? How do you know who's going to do what? Is it from like working with people over time? It's or? It's been with working with people, knowing people, you know, I mean, I, I feel like just it, it tends to be a thing, you know, I'm a very, you know, I'm friendly to people. I'm like, yeah. you know, trying to meet new people all the time. And it's like, 
I know one person, you know, we work together and it's like they bring their friend who knows how to do this thing. And it's like, you know, I'm very like, I, I feel like one, I'm very open to collaboration. I love collaborating with people. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you got a buddy who knows how to do this thing, yeah, bring them on through. I'm trying to meet them. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Watch that little stick that's coming through right there. Yeah, I'm I got to you. It. But yeah, that uh, collaboration is that's all that's all what's happening in Texas right now. Like it's it's a lot of that, but I I don't like other people want to collaborate, but I don't know who because mm -hmm. I know myself I'm I'm picky on what mm -hmm. I do and I get aggravated when I can't get the certain particular that I'm trying mm -hmm. to find. And so but I I know that I shouldn't get aggravated because I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I don't this is not my expertise. This is me just trying to fucking find some right. shit out. So, you know, working with other people, it's like, man, will this be will this be good? Will this be lucrative for me? Mm -hmm. Like I can get along with people, but I've ran into some people out there that have an arrogance about them. Mm -hmm. And it's just like what what the that's fuck the is thing this that's about? tough with like film people is like ego is such a huge thing in it. And like it's it's one of those things where it's like just like being in the film because like I you know when I came here I was doing production assistant gigs I was like you know working on film sets and stuff and yeah. like I realized like it was a path I could do but I like kind of burnt out of it a little quick because I think I had to get over my own ego of yeah. like oh like I don't want to be some nobody on this film set making some TV movie you know yeah but it's like at the same time like you have to like put in those dues and like you know you do you meet the right people I was just I, I, I think it was just it was it was a little too inconsistent and I think I was just meeting the wrong people because like the people I was meeting were already really jaded and disillusioned with uh, the film industry so I was like is that like is this the group that I need to be in right yeah. like am I gonna be working this for like 10 years and like oh, be miserable. this bitter you know this Ugh. miserable and like I mean I just kind of timed my shit poorly because when I arrived here they had taken away the uh, tax incentives so there was actually uh, not the amount of work so it wasn't Hollywood so, South no more then. yeah and yeah. then and then so it wasn't sustainable so I had to find other work you know I had to I had to do other things yeah. and then it you know obviously it's huge now I mean this year alone they're gonna be spending over a billion dollars in Louisiana Ooh. making movies like it's 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 big now and, and see, like it was really big during COVID. The fun thing is that uh, one of the studios that they actually film out Emma. of, the one of the studios that they actually film out of is a uh, uh, Second Line Stages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did the electrical there. Nice. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like, uh, well, that's what's cool about the film industry too. It's like there's so much room for, like, I've got a friend who like he, you know, he's he's an artist. Like he does, you know, ceramics and painting and drawing and stuff. Yeah. He got in as a scenic painter. Oh, and so now he paints sets to like, you know, make them look aged or, you know, whatever a certain way. And it's like, yeah, it's like the hours are long, but it's like, yo, I'm just painting. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, and that's the cool thing. The thing about getting into the film industry part is like, you really have to know what you want because then you align yourself with those people. So if you want to like go into like grip and electric, whatever, you know, working with the lights, working with the you know, with, with, with doing electric or, or rigging yeah. and stuff like that. It's like, you know, you want to make yourself useful and available to now, those people. Why do they call them a grip? I imagine because 
it's they're they're picking up and putting putting, oh, putting down gotta, heavy stuff like because because like grips like they're working on with the light the light team like the electric team and the camera team so they're yeah. setting up stands they're like hanging you know things up they're like like uh, a grip is gonna like be the one who's like working on mounting a camera to a car or 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 pushing the dolly that the camera's attached to so, so grips are very much like the the secure attach pick things up put things down people uh, so the key grip is the lead grip mm -hmm. person yeah Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Learning something today. Yeah. That's what I thought. He is, a, and it's so funny because it's like, even like I wish because it's like there's so much of this of information available on YouTube, and I yeah. like I, I teach film uh to uh high schoolers and middle school, and like honestly nice. like the stuff that I've learned like I've learned so much more by teaching these kids than yeah. I like ever knew before. It's like damn I wish I wish I knew this shit like when I was trying to do this because like you know but I, I, I you know I like I like teaching. It's really cool because like you know the thing about the film industry here is like they're flying a lot of people out. It's like we need a local labor force. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like if we can teach these high schoolers like hey man like if you want to get some good work right out of high school because they don't need a college degree you just need right. to be 18 and ready to work a long day like it's here. It's here, and it's huge. Man, that's that's a, that's good. That's good that the opportunities are opening like this. Because <laughs> I, I see a lot of my actor friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. They're they're starting to get more work and stuff now mm -hmm. too. And it's like, all right, did I leave at the wrong time? Should I? But <laughs> I, everybody has their own path. And yeah, it's like, exactly. You're supposed to be doing what you're doing. Just yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Don't worry about everybody else. Yeah, it's all gonna come together in the collective at the end. It's yeah, like, all right. I guess I don't know who tells me that in my head, but it's there. <laughs> it's there, and it's like, hey, calm down. It's like, oh, okay. yeah. Right. Well, everything that's happened has has led you to where you are, you know. So it's right. like, exactly. Ultimately, you know, you can't. There, there is no acting against what is going to happen because you are the one actively making things happen for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, I like that I do this because I, I I hear things like that, and it's like. <gasps> Oh, I needed to hear that. Yeah, I need. I, I couldn't. I couldn't uh, articulate that in my head myself. So for somebody else to be like, uh, no, don't worry, we're, we're all in this together. Like, yeah, I've, I've dealt with this. You've dealt with things that I've dealt with, and like we're all helping each other. So mm -hmm. Fuck yeah! All right, I knew there was a reason I did this. <laughs> That's what's so beautiful about art, man. It's yeah. like it's how we. More than anything, it's how we make sense of like the existential crisis of being you know what i mean yeah. like it's how we put it in our co into context first and you know obviously there are a lot of other ways but like art has been in, in is integral to like human society as a whole you know and like every society has its own art styles and like you know i've always think about it as like what is my purpose for this art that i do like is this lucrative? Is should I continue doing this? Is this gonna like, is this gonna be beneficial to mm -hmm. others, or is this just helping my ego? Mm -hmm. And most of the time, like I would say, at least seventy five percent of the time, I think that way is just helping my ego for some strange reason. But then, like that twenty five percent, when somebody comes up, like, dude, thank you, I needed this today. Yeah. Like, what the fuck did this do for you? Yeah, just yeah, it's so strange. Well, dude. I think I think the thing too that's interesting 
and you see it in different levels and it's very much a spectrum but like you kind of have to have a base level of ego to even be like this idea needs to be out there you know what i mean like that in and of itself like is a little bit of is a little bit of ego but it's like you know you need that ego for it to be yeah brought to light exactly because it's like if you're just gonna let stuff stay inside all the time it's like well you know but even then some people you know they they have all the these ideas they don't act on them but because they've had the ideas it's like they got they got their own ego about choosing not to act you know like ego plays itself out in in different ways and like but it's hard to separate yourself from as an artist from like just like the idea of like what an ego Mm-hmm. does for you you mm-hmm. know what i mean in terms of just having the confidence to because growing up we always thought that ego was not necessarily a terrible thing but uh like it never looked as uh, never looked as as like this is you know this is what you need you when I think of ego, I always think about the fucking Beyonce, Kanye West. Mm-hmm. You got a big ego. Yeah. It's like, how oh, you being arrogant and cocky, man? Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's what I think about when I think about ego. But, you know, the yeah. way you the way you just uh, specified ego, it was just like, oh, that okay. It's, it's like it has another meaning besides yeah. just arrogance and cocky. Like, you would yeah. need that if... You want to go ahead and present something. Yeah. Well, Kanye says the line in the song, I use I use the arrogance as the steam to power my dreams. Mm. Like, and actually, it's so funny. It was so cool listening to that because, like, when I was, like, in high school, I was, like, 16, and I first started, like, discovering music for myself. And, like, you know, obviously there was stuff I was, like, putting on my iPod, but I was going on, like, a, a down a YouTube rabbit hole, and I started listening to, like, Kanye's, like, mixtape stuff. Yeah. Like, before, you know, the stuff he was releasing. And it's so crazy to see how many song, how many verses and lines that existed in his old stuff that he ended up repurposing. Because he had a song on his mixtape, Freshman Adjustment. I don't know if it's, like, his official mixtape, but it's, like, a mixtape of, like, his pre-college dropout demos. And it was a song called Dream Killers. And one of the verses from Dream Killers is the verse he used in the Beyonce by Ego or Ego uh, by Beyonce. Yeah, he has a lot of refurbished. I, I remember uh, hearing um, uh, Gold Digger on Deaf Poetry. Mm-hmm. Before, and I was like, <coughs> but it was after the song was Gold Digger. But yeah. you understand that yeah. Gold Digger, like when he did that Deaf Poetry, mm-hmm. that that was a young, young Kanye. Yeah. Like, it blew my fucking yeah. mind, and I was like, "He did, hey mama, on deaf poetry. What? He did, um, uh, he did another song on deaf poetry jam that I'm forgetting. The one, the song with John Mayer. What was that song? He there was like a bonus track with John Mayer, but anyways, the verse that ended up being it was a bonus track for graduation. The verse that ended up being that on that song was something he did on deaf poetry jam. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm a dog. I haven't finished watching Genius yet, but that just the first part, the first part of watching it, I think it's three part or two parts? Three parts. The third part is depressing. Is it? (laughs) It's really depressing. Um, Just because, like, I mean, it's, you could tell that the original documentary was, like, the first two parts, and then the third part is him, is is Cootie re-entering Kanye's life. And, like, Uh, not because, like, when you, because, like, when you're seeing all this stuff in the first part, it's like, you're there with Kanye, you know, like. Kanye isn't, you know, with the grind. Yeah. 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 He's there with the grind and he isn't like already used to being famous. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's a way of a famous person acting in front of a camera versus someone who's just 
being a person. You know what I mean? And yeah. so like, it's just like, you see it kind of at the end of the, I don't want to spoil it for yeah. you, but, uh, he re Cootie like comes with him to the Grammys when he was up for late registration. Okay. And like, even then, like, I mean, Kanye was drunk, but he was like, joking around but like kind of acting like he didn't know cootie and like like you know and it's like oh no don't be that guy yeah but it was like it was oscillating like because it would be that but then it would still be like genuine moments like sprinkled throughout and like even in the third part right like there are moments where it's like genuine moments sprinkled throughout kanye is you know an interesting person because i feel like it's with kanye it is it is this artist discussion we're having, yeah. but like times a million because it's like he's also the most like one of the most famous people on earth, which I've always kind of viewed as like it's what has always like made me kind of sad about Kanye and kind of interested in him. It's like he truly, you know, is an artist in, in its truest sense and, you know, he makes things that have just like you've seen the craziness, though, when he got punked. Yeah. Then when you got in, oh, in yeah. the Jesus walks, oh, and yeah. they, they try to take his film, and he Do you was want like, any more of this? Yeah, and he was like, "No, you can't." This is, I was like, "Whoa, yeah. dude! Yeah. Holy shit! This is true emotions coming yeah. out right now." Well, that's the you. thing. His art is so like a part of him, you know, and right. in, in every sort of way. But that's because it, it, it always seems like Kanye, the artist, is so fascinating and so endearing. And also just like you relate to him so much. Yeah. And it's like, you know, obviously like what he went through with his mom and like what he's going through with, you know, his mental health. And like, like I'm not endorsing or, or defending anything yeah. that Kanye has done. You know, he's done what he's done. Um, but like it's always been one of those things where it's like, man, it's like. Kanye is one of the most famous people and it's like he deserves like the respect and the claim for the art he's made. But it's like for his own sake, being famous is like the worst thing that he could possibly be. Right. You know what I mean? Which but is like a you, bummer because it's like it's all a part of that. He's so good. He couldn't eat. You couldn't help. But he exactly. Help but exactly. Famous. He was a star when before I, he was a star. When I noticed his genius when he because he paints and draws and shit. Mm-hmm. When he was able to draw uh, or paint the visuals of how he sees a beat in his head, mm-hmm. when I saw that shit, that shit blew my fucking mind. Yeah, man. Because what he painted was amazing. Yeah. And then he said, "Man, this is how this is what beats look like in my head." And I was like, "Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> what are we dealing with right yeah. now, dude? That well, is think, another level." I think Kanye has. Uh, synesthesia i think i'm saying it right do you know what that is no so it is when certain things process in your mind as colors Mm. so he in his head sees sounds as colors i have a friend who had synesthesia and she could like she could like be like oh like this song is like blue like this song is you know every day is an aurora borealis yeah for real exactly it's like and it's so wild because it's like come on like get the fuck out of here same time it's like yo i kind of want your brain i know i want that that sounds cool like what did you do to get that i need (laughs) it it's a superpower you have 
You have some type of power, man. And yeah, I, I wish I, I could hear colors. That's sick. That is a that just to say that. That's yeah, dope. yeah. <laughs> like what, <laughs> man? That t- like if I always revert back to Heroes. Have you ever seen the show Heroes? I remember watching like the first season of Heroes. <sighs> Heroes was my shit. That's the shit that I always. I, I'm I'm like, oh, okay. So everybody's got a little quirk in the world. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, and so. Uh, the, the, the uh, f- fucking uh, Skyler, he was the guy that used to take people's brains and then mm-hmm. fucking take a piece of their brain. Now I have the now he has their power. Yeah, I I, I want that. Yeah, yeah. or the other brother that that. But had, he's that, like, was but he kind of used that uses that in kind of a more oh, nefarious more, way, yeah, right? He was terrible. Yeah, he was, he was a terrible guy. But the sponge, that's also something amazing too. That I I feel as if uh, uh I like to I you know I like to pretend. Sometimes mm-hmm. and uh, in my head, I feel that this, this works for me, and it works pretty well. That you know, when I run into people that have certain attributes, that I, I pick up a little bit of attribute from them, mm-hmm. and I keep it, and I, I I manifest it to be like better. And so, it it's fun to to think that way, just because it feels like it makes me uh, a little uh, a better person, mm-hmm. kind of sort of in the things that I do, and it, and it shows through my entertainment, but. You know, if it wasn't for, you know, seeing that show and meeting people like that and thinking like this, I don't I don't know what type of person I might might have been if, you know, but it, I like it. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's such an important thing to be able to, you know, because like it, it's like it says a lot about like the people you like choose to spend your time with because you're choosing to spend your time with them, you know, for yeah. a reason. It's like those things that you like about them. And yeah. it's like becoming kind of a little bit of all these people, you know, either skill wise or just in terms of just like how they approach situations. Right. It's like, you know, like I know people who like are so much more, you know, gentle and thoughtful than, you know. I am and it's like, you know, I, I strive to be that way or, yeah. you know, or or people who, you know, just have, <laughs> you know, crazy can like I can sit here for 10 hours and, and do this shit because it's like, man, <laughs> I, I can sit here for 10 seconds. Yeah. And then I have to look at my phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that I get my funny from my my funny is a combination of all my family, mm-hmm. like uh, all of my uncles, basically my uncle, my, my, my dad and all them and, and uh, my my demeanor. My pre- my presentation, I would say, comes from my brother mm-hmm. of how he presents things, and then my delivery of how I bring shit, I would say, comes from Dane Cook, because Dane Cook Hell really yeah. opened my eyes to fucking comedy, and I was like, wait, what the fuck am I looking at? Like, I, it, honestly though, because Dane Cook is such a contra- controversial figure, but like honestly, as a kid, Dane Cook was like I, the first stand-up comedian that I was like pissing myself laughing, yes. at. like. You know, like, oh, my God, just like it was there was just like a level of like silliness that I was just like his descriptiveness of the things yes. that he talks about. It's like, I see what you're saying. Dane Cook's adjective game was amazing. Yeah. Like, I remember <laughs> I like there was one it. he was like. He just like described someone as like a surly gentleman, and it's like <laughs> describing them that way made that joke like just like you picture a surly gentleman, and yes. you're like that you know yes. it works. I you know and for it, him to break down to how somebody came out their shoes when they got hit by a car. <laughs> oh my god! And that's that's what I take in my 
like I because I have a whole bit about punching a fucking uh, seagull on top of the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like what happens when the seagull stick takes your chiwi? You don't check that motherfucker. Yeah, and basically it's just a whole fucking descriptive play on on how you would go about fucking. Dome checking a seagull. Right, it, it, it is fun to do. I haven't done it in a while, but it also has a a callback to it because I talk about my glasses in the beginning. Yeah, and, then, and it just a whole bunch of shit happens. And for me, when I whenever I used to do that, or whenever I do bits like that, I'm like, this view, Dane. <laughs> this, this is view, That's man. Awesome. Yeah, I, I I'm sure love you would it. love to hear that because I think like he's kind of gone on the record, just like. Talking about like once he reached the the pinnacle of of where he was at, like people were so negative towards him, yeah. and, like you know, just like really hateful. And it's like you know, whatever you can feel how you feel about Dan Cook, and like the, obviously there are the accusations of like joke stealing that he has, which is like you yeah. know, you know, yeah. I don't know, but. Like, oh. I, I don't know. I liked Dan Cook when I was a kid. You know, maybe maybe I'd have to go back and like, you know. But, like, I remember him being, like, very foundational and just this idea of, like, painting a picture in someone else's head Mm -hmm. about whatever the crazy-ass scenario you're, like, imagining. And then for for motherfucking shorties watching shorties to come out and then just do do exactly what motherfuckers were thinking. Yeah. Like, I would love... (laughs) <laughs> to see, just visualize, like you see more of it. Like on you, you have little shorts of that uh, stuff like that on YouTube mm-hmm. now, which is hilarious. I love people fucking uh, animating podcasts and shit like <laughs> yeah. that. I'm like, yes, they're I great. love shit like this because in real life, there's certain things that you can't see that you can definitely animate. Mm-hmm. And speaking of animating, fucking F, F is for family, fucking Bill yeah. Burr. Yeah. Like, come on, comics. We out here fucking killing it when it comes to this shit. Yeah. And, oh, it does so. And, all right, you're, you have a, your your extents on music is is uh, I I see you you're pretty knowledge uh, from from what I can tell. I have always kind of been like a hip hop nerd, like you know, yeah. like I, I very much like when I first started, like oh, like you can really because you know I grew up like just listening to what my parents listened to and yeah. like. You know, they would also listen to like a lot of salsa and like Spanish music, and it's like I didn't really, you know, I didn't speak, I didn't speak Spanish, so it's like I don't understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm going back, and now I'm like appreciating it now that yeah. I'm older, and it's like, no, this music fucking. Now rocks. you have the knowledge of it, you exactly. can appreciate it more. Um, and then my sister was honestly the musical one. Like I would like, you know, I used to get made fun of. I didn't have any like rhythm, or you know, like I couldn't sing. Like <laughs> I could dance. But I lo- yeah, but I love to, you know, I love to rap. Like, yeah. but like I, I wouldn't. Ma- I wouldn't I was too like scared to like write my own rap so like I but I would like nail Kanye verses and yeah. like like every album that I would listen to like when I was like from 16 to 18 it was like by the end of like the week I would know every word to yeah. that to that album Hell yeah. and it's like yeah that happened with me with rap specifically yeah. and like I think I kind of became like it very much felt like my kind of like thing to be knowledgeable about because like i i you know i didn't 
grow up with like a lot of people who were like super into hip hop, but it was yeah. like, I, I've, you know, but at the same time I had cousins who were like, you know, were like bumping 50 cent, like driving <laughs> us to the playground. Like, <laughs> I get rich with that. Try yeah, man. No, but for real, I remember, I remember my cousin playing piggy bank and I was, you know, I was like, maybe like, what was that? 2000? Clickety yeah, clank. that was like 2005. So I was like, maybe like the money goes into my piggy bank. I was like bank. 11 years old and like, she had the volume up so loud and like, you know, you could feel the bass oh. in your chest and it like, Scared me, but I was so compelled. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> Fifty had some hot ones. Yeah, back man. Then. Fifty Cent was like, oh, oh my god, man. Like, Fifty you know, would get you hype. Yeah, man. Fifty would get you hype. It's like, damn, this is a big ass dude. Hey, yeah, he yeah. makes. He, all right, it feels appropriate to fight right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so, like, I was always kind of, you know, trying to like be in tune what was with what was going on with music because, like, it was very much like beyond the music, especially like with hip hop in general, like it's a very communicative genre where it's like, yeah. I mean, you have a Drake sending subliminals every other line. Yeah. It's like, they're like all the raps are like musicians talking to each other, like yeah. these rappers talking to each other, you know? And also people who are listening in on these conversations, you know? And it's like, Ooh, so fascinating. That you know? is it's fascinating, like, especially when you put it that way. Yeah. Uh, so th that, 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 that brings me around to, uh, your your album that you you've you've put together, sir, and oh my God, what a name it is! It, it is a, it is a it is a name that'll make you jealous, goddamn it! And the fucking the cover, the cover will make you wet your pants. Yeah, man. What shout out, shout out to my dude Calvin Galleon, man. He put God it together. Damn. I like I hit him up with the, I was like, dude, I have the concept, and I know because like he he's an architect, but like he you know he he's very good like with drawing and like he he does his own stuff, and like I remember because I used to live with him, he like drew him myself and my third roommate as cartoon characters yeah so i knew this dude could draw some like cool cartoons so i was like yo calvin mother motherfucking here's the concept i know you can do it and he was like i'm fucking in <laughs> and so it, like him, it, like literally like i wasn't even finished with the music i was i had barely started the music and i was yeah. like yo but make that cover art dude <laughs> yes and, and the title of this motherfucking album Oops, all bangers. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, I just <laughs> just just listen just looking and then the fucking the the, the little uh the little promo or the little the little trailer little click that you mm -hmm. had, you had the beat on it. I was like, oh no. Yeah. Oh what is happening, sir? Well it's so I, I do wanna say like it's 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 very much a mixtape, right? Like yeah. cause, cause it's very much like six out of seven of the tracks are like major artists yeah. beats like, know, like we all want a mixtape and no ceilings what squads one through 25 yeah man please like, bring I, it back I, yeah i love you know i mean that's how because like that's how you could get music if you didn't want to buy music on <gasps> itunes or fuck up your computer with limewire yeah you went on dat piff and you that just got you just piff. got whatever was on dat piff and so like hell yeah that was how i was getting my music and, and so that's like, how you got chance to rapper exactly and, and that's why like, you that's where i found fucking kindred yeah and like what happened with mixtape which was really cool which was that was that artists started basically treating mixtapes as free albums which was like cool and you know like really revolutionary and kind of like brought about this new generation where you have like j cole kendrick drake like they were releasing yeah. mixtapes as albums but like man when lil wayne came out with no ceilings no ceilings like that was my no that was like that was like my exposure to like oh lil wayne's whole thing is i'm gonna take your beat 
I'm going to make it I'm going to take it and I'm going to smash it. That's yeah, what I'm going to do. And so take like, it, crumble that bitch up, <laughs> and toss it to the side, and not, no one's ever going to think of your song ever again. Exactly. And it's like, obviously, that's not like necessarily my approach. Like, I don't think I'm making better songs than like Earl Sweatshirts or like, you know, uh, Tyler, the creator. But it's like, here's like, here's me kind of like just doing like my kind of thing on one of these tracks. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, ultimately, like production is one of those things i'm still kind of learning about making beats and that's tough but like sourcing beats is like one of the hardest parts because it's like you could do youtube beats but there's something about youtube beats ah, like this is where I, I need to know things i i love a youtube beat but like sometimes it's like a, a drake type beat sounds too much like a drake uh, type beat. Yeah, you know what i mean true. it's like the the relationship between a a producer and a, and a and a rapper is like super important uh and you know so so the so the last song on the mixtape is a track called Go that my best friend produced. And mm. the thing is, is like as I've been on my rap journey, he's been on, he's been on his beat making journey. Oh, and fun, like we've fun. never been able to like Collab. click yeah. and like get, oh, you know, okay. he sends me music and like, you know, I you know, we encourage each other, but like it's never like we've recorded some things together, but like nothing's ever clicked and mm. then he sent me this one this beat and I was like it like had to sit with me for a while and then I was Actually, this song came together when I thought I was already done with the mixtape. Yeah. Because I was in the process of like mixing and mastering everything. And the last track I originally had, I was like, there's something wrong with it. Like, maybe I need to re record it. So I spent all this time, you know, I took a little shrooms. I was like, let me just get <laughs> in the artiste zone. Yeah. And I'm like trying to re record this track. And I'm like, it's not working. So I went back to this folder that he sent me like six months ago. And, you know, I'm like listening to it. And. I wrote the hook and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is different. Yeah. This is different. And then so the song came together completely. Like I wrote the whole thing first verse. I wrote the hook in the first verse like that night. And then the next day I wrote the second verse. And I was like, yo, like this is this is what this is all Yes. leading to you know and it's my own sound which is because it is still a banger the the beat is hard but it's like an introspective banger which is ultimately the oh. kind of thing i want to bring to the table it's like obviously hey. i want this shit to fucking slap in yeah. a way that like makes sense with modern sensibilities hey. but like you know i'm talking about the things i can talk about you know which is mm -hmm. like how i feel about things and how i feel about like my life and and time and like yeah you know things that are going on around me so like i you know this mixtape kind of in and of itself as a as a pro as a project you know because i'd released a couple singles where i was like on the more emotional side but i was like yo but i gotta i gotta get these bars right like i gotta <laughs> like i gotta make sure like i can yeah. you know do like <laughs> kind of more braggadocious rap just like yeah. for me because it's like you know it's like you really gotta you learn so much by just like instead of thinking of what emotional idea am i trying to get across it's like yo what crazy fucking line can i come up with yeah. just like what is the next that's like just flagrant line you know what i mean and that's what i love about like this kind of this like detroit like like kind of like midwest rap movement uh which marcus put me on to like sada baby and like ah. uh uh you know bfp to pac-man and, and stuff like that is like it's all punchlines. it's and so like yeah. they're hilarious and like that's what was so great about 
Lil Wayne was that like it wasn't comedy rap, but no, like the was, shit was so was clever. Yeah, it was clever. So it was, you made you was, think. It was like, bitch, play. Did you just say that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and motherfucking just to put it a uh, prime example of nigga, uh, 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 somebody taking a mixtape and, and then just running with it mm-hmm. from there. Uh, fucking Lil Wayne, sky's the limit. That used to be fucking uh, Mike Jones's song. Yeah, you don't even hear that on the radio no oh more. Oh my god! Yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. That's how. That's how bad he smashed that song. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like whoa. <laughs> like, all right, then where's Mike Jones now? Who, yeah. who knows? Who yeah. knows? He, no, no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> he got punked, and everybody realized he was a little pussy. And it was like, yeah. oh, well, I don't no. think people you... talk about enough about the fact that Lil Wayne is straight up a child prodigy. Yeah, he is a child prodigy. If you like, grew up in New Orleans, used to hear him on the radio. Yeah, nine yeah. o'clock props. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yo, he's been doing this like since he was like. 11 maybe even younger you oh, know what i mean it's young. like <laughs> very young his, it's so uh, cool you know and his people like, they, they stayed down the street from where i stayed at when i grew up in uh tall timbers back in uh, wow. on the west bank uh man refreshing them people uh-huh they stayed down the street for me oh my God. yeah so they used to come around i remember wayne came in a fucking subdivision one day with a uh, a all white 350Z with a fucking crash bar on the front. I'm like, this is unnecessary, dude. Like, you got a whole police crash bar on the front of a 350Z? For what? Because you got money, sure. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's but it's like, like wow. I, I feel like I feel like something like that is you get that just so you can rap about that. So that way people can be like, wow, that's yeah. a crazy rhyme. It's like, no, that's nah. my reality. Nah, I really have this. That's my reality. This is, this I'm, is I'm rapping about the things I'm Scene. I drove to the studio in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. This has been great. Well, all right. Before we get out, usually uh, when uh, new people come on, I do this thing where uh, they got it's a game of choices. Okay. All right. Now, basically, you got four options and four choices. Okay. All right. And your options are uh, you, you can be one. You got you got to be one of them. You got to raise one of them. You got to sell one of them, and you, you got to have relations with the other one. Right? You fuck that okay. last one. Be, right? raise, sell, relationship. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And then, and then your your uh, your choices are uh, mermaid, a maguire, a manatee, and a Mexican. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, I would. Sell a Mogwai because okay. like I don't want to have to deal with that. Okay, uh, and I'm sure like you could get a good price. <laughs> um, I'm glad you didn't ask what it is. Most people usually ask what it is, but I I, I already <laughs> understand you. You know everything's everything's already copacetic with you. You're good. You don't have to. But like at least. 75% of the people when I ask them, like, what's a Mugwai? Yeah, I'm like, God, it's Mugwai. Like, Remember Gizmo? Yeah. Look, Gizmo. It's yeah, like, oh, that's Go what watch that Gremlins, is. bro. Yeah. Go watch Gremlins. That movie was so scary. Yeah. That movie was so scary. I was not old enough to be watching that movie. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Because to me, it was a little frightening, but I understood it was still comical. So I was like, oh, I can deal with this. Yeah. I can deal with this. But no, to somebody younger, I can imagine that. Yeah, they're, they're Frightening little fuckers. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So so I'm selling the model. Selling the model. Sure. Okay. I would like to raise a Mexican. Okay. Because I just feel like it would make sense. Because <laughs> uh, I'm Puerto Rican, so it's like this works. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> 
<laughs> Perfect. Okay. Um, I would sell the mermaid. Wait, you you sell? Oh, no, 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 no. I sold the mogwai. You sold the mogwai. No, so I, I have to have relations with or be. Yeah. Okay. I would like to be a manatee in a relationship with a mermaid. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. I've always wanted to do what a man manatee would look like. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody's ever picked a man manatee or, or the manatee just to be. The, I don't think everybody. Somebody might have. I think I might have the first time I did this, <laughs> just the fucking shits and giggles. But most people's like, I want to be the mermaid. And it's like, but how? What mermaid would I be? I was like, Jason Momoa's a mermaid. And it's yeah, like, that's a sexy mermaid. Yeah, I can fuck that mermaid. I fuck. So it's like, oh, okay. So you know, it opens people's minds to other other fucking avenues of how yeah. of thinking and shit. And it's, it's a fun little game. So yeah. All right. Fuck yeah, man. That was good <laughs> shit. Oh, before we go, man, uh, plug yourself. Tell them what it's yeah, fine. Uh, oops, all bangers out everywhere. And when I say everywhere, I don't mean Spotify, <laughs> Apple Music, or anything like that because it is a mixtape. I don't own most of that music. Um, but like everywhere is in like YouTube, SoundCloud, Dat Piff, it's going to be on there, Spinrilla, nice. like other mixtape sites if I can get them on there, uh, Bandcamp. Uh, you can follow me on yeah. any social at It's Javike, at I T S J A V I Q U E. Um, yeah, you know, I'm out here. I'm on the internet. Fuck yeah, man. Well, it's been a good-ass time, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming over. This has been lovely. Birthday specials today. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited for the show. Well. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cute dog, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And until next time, man, uh, I've been your host of Maniacal Minutes. Cosmic said a whole thing like a pimp name slick back. And see you guys later. <laughs> Bye, guys. First sentence of the last page yeah. So sick of getting stuck when I'm halfway I remember when my bank account Had me at the rallies drive through With a bag of change, shit is not a game So where you been? Working on this art, they just call it content But who am I? Fine wine, look what time did Ran away from all the pain just to fucking find it again Break it up, light it and go Comments, you already know where to go Don't be afraid if you don't I'ma keep going as long as Corolla keep going and stoners keep blowing the highest aromas already told you keep getting older the people get colder too this the type of beat that I've been dreaming about Been looking for a sound to form a team around A sober mind is lethal but the drugs will find a deeper route To memories of lockers that you cleaning out We hearing now, past is in the rear view Only thing to fear is you Fear and indecision had me late to my position But here I stand, a man with a bigger plan Avoiding bitterness over the hand that we've been dealt Just know that if you can that you should help But I ain't gonna act holier than thou Cause I've been selfish, not a stranger to the pain But I've also dealt it Every major moment, man, I hope you you know I felt it, no replays, no redos, you hate me, well sometimes I hate me too. No replays, no redos, you hate me, well sometimes I hate me too. Break it up, light it and go, promise you already know where to go, don't be afraid if you don't. I'ma keep going as long as Corolla keep going and stoners keep blowing the highest aromas already told you keep getting older the people get colder too yeah um oops all bangers oh man
Javi. Bro, happy fucking birthday, dude. Happy 22nd. Like, I know you went through some bullshit the past couple of days, but like, remember what I talked about where life just tries to shit on you and you have to go after the fucking sprinkle jar? Go after the fucking sprinkle jar, bro. I'm wishing Javi a happy birthday. You want to wish him a happy birthday? Birthday, so you should get fucked up and happy birthday. I miss you. <laughs> All right, brother. Brother, remember what I said, man. This is this is just an obstacle, right? You're gonna get to New Orleans. You're gonna kill some shit and you're gonna do your work. All right, bro.